Therefore, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I love you. seated this morning. Well, welcome once again to the last of the series set free. I've said that multiple times, but Lord willing, we're going to land this plane today and we'll see what happens. And God may say, nah, and we'll say, okay, right? We will. But by God's grace, we will. It is, uh, as we've said multiple times, it is God's desire that we be set free. And those who believe the truth will be set free and be free indeed. And freedom doesn't just happen randomly. Never do you find a nation just wake up one morning and say, oh my goodness, we are free. Never do you find anyone in the faith just wake up one morning and say, oh my goodness, I am free all of a sudden. I don't know how that happened. No, it happens with intentionality. It happens with sacrifice. It happens with the choice to make a break from your past. Our nation has had liberty, careful choice of my words here, and is destined for liberty because of Men and women who sacrificed, who gave their lives to fight against those who would seek to keep us from liberty. Your salvation, my salvation, our peace with God did not come just randomly. It came because Jesus intentionally, willfully sacrificed his life to purchase our freedom. And you, your own personal freedom with Christ did not just randomly happen in your life. It happened when you intentionally chose to turn away from your sin and your selfishness and turn to Jesus. That's when freedom happens. When you deny your flesh, take up your cross, and choose to follow him, that is when freedom happens. And it doesn't happen until then. It always requires a sacrifice and a cost and a breaking so as we come to the end of the series today, we come to a topic that's important for us. And I've entitled the message today, Something Has to Break. In order for there to be freedom, something has to break. Our will has to break. Our stubbornness has to break. Our selfishness has to break. Our refusal has to break. And it's true for every follower of Jesus. Now, this is how you began your walk with Jesus. You turned away from who you were. You turned away from your sin and chose to follow Jesus. That is the, the first step. 
But it's not the only step. Because that first step of turning away and turning to Jesus, that breaking with your past, breaking with your own way of life, breaking with I'll do things my way, that break is meant to now be a pattern of how we live. You broke with it once, great. Now, that same thing you did, keep doing that. Every time he speaks fresh to you, break again with what you thought and what you believed and the way you practiced and the way you lived. Make a break and move on. You have to keep practicing. This has to become our new pattern, our new rhythm. Something has to break if you want to move forward in Christ. Now, I'm going to lay out some statements today. We're going to look at some scripture and a lot of board work today. So if you've got your marker or your pens and a pad or something, grab something because you're going to want to write some stuff down today, I can assure you. Or you can use your phone and take pictures of the board as we're going throughout the message today. That'll be great. Here, is, here are some truths that we know from scripture. Number one, it is God's will for us to have ongoing growth. You were saved and made eternally secure in Jesus Christ. You don't have to fear that God is going to take away your salvation or that you can somehow lose it by some sin you commit. If you have been born again and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are in Jesus Christ and nothing can snatch you out of his hand. Amen? Because here's the deal. You're not just resting in his hand as an object in his hand. If you are in Christ, guess what you are? You are part of the hand. And you can't take away the hand out of the hand. Amen? You are in Christ. But it is God's goal for us to continue growing. It is his goal to continually work in us to save my mind, my will, and my emotions. I'm already saved but he is still saving parts of me that need to be regenerated and me be made new. Amen? And one day in heaven, as we said last week, we will ultimately be physically saved. Right? Saved now, being saved in our mind, will, and emotions, and then one day physically saved. Amen? But the process is his work. So the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, God is at work in your life and my life wanting to move us forward so that we look more and more like Jesus. And we get there by looking more into his glory. The more I see the wonder of who he is and what he's done, then I am choosing to make a break from my past and be transformed. And it shows up in real life change in my life. It shows up in the way I think, believe, choose, the way I live, the way I talk, the habits, the priorities that I choose, all of these are part of what God is working to move us forward in this process of growth. Now, the thing is, sometimes people think that because they learned some more Bible knowledge that they are becoming more spiritual. 
You're not becoming more spiritual until you are starting to have more transformation in your life. Real spiritual growth happens when I start changing who I am. This is what Jesus is doing in you. He's wanting to change how you think, how you see, how you relate, how you talk, how you live, the choices you make. This is what he is doing. It's an ongoing process. Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew, he chose us, he also predestined or planned to conform us to the image of his son. He is shaping and arranging the events of your life and the spirit of God working in you and his word for you, which is alive, to change you, to conform you to the image of Christ. It's an ongoing process of growth. Now, how does God do that? He does that in cycles and seasons. Growth happens in cycles and seasons. So we know this because of how God created the physical world around us. Genesis 8.22 says that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. God has created the day and the night, the seasons, the winter and the summer, and the fall that's hopefully so gloriously coming upon us here. Amen? God has created all of that. You think, oh, that's really nice of him. It is. But he did so for a purpose, not just for plants and trees purposes and not just so that we can put on some fall clothes and enjoy some fire pit weather outside. That would be, that's nice too. He does it for the season. He has planted, he's given us the season so that it might show us what he is doing in our lives. God brings us through seasons in our life. The scripture tells us in, in Isaiah that as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, it does not return there until it has accomplished the thing for which he has sent it. So in our lives, there are, will be seasons. So here's where we do some, uh, some writing here. So we know that there is the springtime. We know that there is the summer. We know that there is fall. And we know that there is winter. And each of these have a purpose in nature, but also in our lives. The springtime is the season of new life. It's when things are beginning to sprout. It's when colors are in bloom. It's a beautiful time of the year. That's not where we are right now outside. We are not in the springtime, but it's the time of new life. Now, the summer is the time of more heat and we'll say testing. Now, we know that here in Texas. When it's 110 outside, I get testy. I, you know, it's tough. That's tough stuff. Heat, the time of testing. It can be a time of fruitfulness in the summer as well, but it's also a time of testing because now this new life that sprouted is being tested as it moves forward. It's a time of green. It's a time of life. It's a time of fruitfulness. But then comes the fall. The fall is the season of beautiful colors, but as we're going to see today, it is the season of release. 
It's the season, the time of year when the trees start letting go of their leaves. And in the same way, there are seasons in our life when there ought to be some letting go of what was in the last season. Mm. But then comes the winter, which is that time of real dependence. Because boy, it is cold, it is darker. I'm not a fan of the time change that makes the day shorter, darker, earlier. I'm not a fan of all that personally. But man, it is that time of dependence where you have to trust while the days go on and it's cold and the wind blows. Sometimes in the seasons of life, there are cold days. There are days when it feels barren. There are days when you have to depend on the Lord. Amen? So I think we can identify with these seasons. We're going to drill into this a little bit deeper here. I, um, <clears throat> I recently read a book. It's been actually a little while, but I go back to it often. Uh, by an author who's not a Christian, but it's some fascinating truth that I think you're going to find fascinating this morning. The book is called The Fourth Turning. I don't have this up on the screen for you, but if you want to write it down. Um, it was written in 1997. Authors are William Strauss and Neil Howe. The Fourth Turning. Here's the premise of the book. That life happens, especially in nations, is more the focus that they have, and especially in America, in 80-year cycles. And inside those 80 years are four seasons of 20 years. And so in these seasons, we find patterns. And in these cycles, we find patterns. Their, their point is that every 80 years is a, a turning, a time when culture changes, when there's a time of tension, and then it will reveal what the next generation or the next cycle or the next turning will be like. So what's fascinating is they point out in the book that every 80 years this happens. And so what they do is they start even as far as the Revolutionary War, a time of war and change for our nation. 80 years later, approximately, the Civil War, another time of transition for our nation. 80 years later, World War II. Now... As I'm about to explain, they say we are about to enter the next turning. My goal is not this book this morning. My goal is the scripture, but this book is fascinating. I think you're going to see where this fits. Their premise here fits with everything because they say that in the spring season is the time of, of newness. Things are all new. And you find that. And it's a time of high, is another word that they use. In, in the period from 1946, approximately, all the way forward to 1964. Now, if we're following the 20-year periods, this should be a four right here. But again, their point is, uh, this is history. This is not math necessarily. So you find these in generalities, but they're very, very close. As you come to the end of this season right here, it's a very upbeat season, 46, 64 time period. Uh, World War II comes to an end. It's a time in which you can work and you can earn a fair amount of money. Uh, one of the videos on YouTube I saw said that uh, during this era, you could work at a gas station and buy a house. Can you imagine that? 
You didn't have to have a super high level job. You didn't have to be um, you know, a millionaire to, to own and possess. And it was a, a work and earn culture. The music scene is growing. There's a lot of excitement. World War II, again, has come to an end. People are coming home. And this era is filled with excitement. It's filled with, with lots of joy. But it comes to an end near the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And so begins a new time in our nation's history. You enter into this summer phase or the testing phase. The word they use in the book is a time of awakening. Not necessarily in a positive way, but this period begins with 1964 and carries us through 1984. And during this time period, a lot is happening. There begins to be some turmoil within the nation. You've got a lot of movements happening during this time period. The civil rights movement, uh, a lot of movements revealing the upheaval that's underneath. It's a time of testing. Uh, it's the era of, of some good things, though. A personal computer is beginning to come out during this time period. Movies and music explode during this time period. A lot of great music in the early 80s, right, fans? Yes, yeah, some good stuff, man. Uh, it's a time of prosperity. It's a time of individuality as well during this time period. But then comes the fall season, the time of release, or as they refer to it in the book, the time of unraveling. It becomes a period of, from now, 1984 to about 2004. During this period, we begin to have violence in the streets. This is the era of school shootings. This is the era of wars. This is the era of what almost ends this time period. It happens just a few years later in this financial crisis in our country. And it's a time of great unraveling because those who fought for freedom back over here have had their children and begin to have grandchildren and they know very little of what was having to be paid back over here for the freedoms. And so that's why we often say about this and what will be the next one, oh, they're just so spoiled. They don't know anything about what it costs to be where we are today, right? Everybody, parents, grandparents. Yeah, and so you get you know, that kind of generation. It's not their fault. They didn't choose it. They just grow up in a time of peace and they don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. And so they grow up in this and it does tend to produce a generation that tends to be a little bit more self-ish. But then comes the winter, the time of dependence, or as they refer to it in the book, the time of crisis. And this is, if you follow the pattern, that's coming up this next year. It's the time in which the next turning will happen. It's the time in which we live of great upheaval. There is political division in our nation right now. There's moral decay. We've gone through the COVID situation. Joblessness is on the rise. War is threatening. It's the time of upheaval. It's because if you follow the cycles and you follow the patterns, it's the time for a new turning. 
It's the time for the next generation. What's fascinating to me is you, when you start talking about the names of the generations, is back over here you've got the boomers, right? And you've got the builders right before that in that little era. But you get over here and you start getting Generation X and uh, Generation Y and Gen Z. Do you know what they're going to call, or what they're already starting to call the children that are born out of this next little window right here? We've gone through, again, uh, builders, boomers, busters, X, Y, Z, and, you know, all of that, Gen Z. Next one is called Generation Alpha. I don't know who makes up those names, but I thought, in a sense, how prophetic that you'd be starting over with a new hope and a new life and a new potential. So when you look at these seasons happening in our culture, you begin to see, okay, well, maybe God is working and does work in cycles and seasons and patterns, and we know he does. And so that should give us some hope. Now, this is not meant to be a political talk this morning as much as it is a personal talk this morning. This just shows us a picture because God uses a similar process in us to bring about our growth and change to look more and more like Jesus. So this growth in us, again, it does not happen automatically. The trees outside, they are acting today on a DNA code written in them, a genetic code put into them that caused them to do what they do. And nature obeys the one who created it. But you and I are a little different. We have been given a will. And you and I can choose to follow what God says or we can just stiff arm him and say, ain't doing it, right? But if you want to grow in Christ, then this growth requires obedience and change. Intentional obedience and intentional change. It does not happen accidentally. And it does not happen just because you show up in church. A lot of people go to churches and it hadn't changed anything about their life. It even doesn't happen just because you say, I believe the Bible. That's a great thing and you should. But just because you say the Bible is true, have multiple Bibles in your possession, have it on your phone as an app, or even read it every day, if you are not internalizing and being transformed by it, if you're not changing, if your behavior is not different than it was before, then there is no change happening in you. It has to require change. James 2, 19 and 20 says, you believe there is one God, you do well. I'll insert this. You believe he has a, his word given to you? You do well. You believe going to church is good? You do well. You believe reading your Bible is good? You do well. Back to the verse. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? 
believing those things without changing is death. Spiritual growth requires change. So here's what that starts to look like in our life. God is working in seasons like this, and here's part of what that looks like. My board's moving. Pardon me while I do a little maintenance right here. Need that dude to be still. Here's what happens. God brings us into seasons of spring in our life where he speaks new. Aren't you glad for those times? When you are in church, at home, in the car, listening to scripture, listening to podcasts, whatever it is, and God speaks to you, you think, oh Lord, that is so good. That is so helpful. And you change your life and you follow Jesus. And it's a time of newness and it's beautiful. Things are fresh and you're filled with joy and there's a greater peace than you've ever had before. I love those seasons. But God will take us through times of summer as well. A time of testing. A time of the heat gets turned up. A time where you have to really put into practice what you heard back here. You have to believe and walk it out what got lifted up back here. You got to lift him up and you got to live him out. And sometimes it gets tough in this spot right in here because you get some resistance along the way. People around you start mocking you. People around you start telling you you're foolish. The enemy starts attacking you and you start wondering. But in the middle of it, you say, I will not turn away from my God just because my circumstances got tough. Amen? It's the season he takes us through. But then comes the season of the fall. The fall is an interesting time of year because in it, things begin to change. The temperatures change. The demand changes. And it's actually a time for letting go of some things. There's a tension that comes along. God spoke back here. We lived it out here. And now God says, I need you to get ready because I've got something new to tell you. I've got something new to lead you into. I've got some things I want to change about your life. I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about you. Amen? And me. And God says, I, I want you to get ready. There's a new season coming. The winter's coming, but the spring is coming. I'll be with you in the winter, but I'm going to need you to do some things here in the fall so that you can be ready for what's ahead. You're going to have to drop some leaves, in fact, if you want to get to what's coming ahead. Because what will happen is there's coming the time of, of winter. And this time will be cold and it will be dark and you're going to have to trust in the middle of it. But what's ahead is another spring and another summer and a new thing that God is doing in you. And understanding this is critical 
because it helps us understand where we are in the seasons and what God is doing. So when you get to this fall season, which is obviously where we are outside right now, we are just about into this. Things are starting to change. I think spiritually we're there as well. There's some new things God is wanting to do and say in our lives. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Are you? I, I, wanna, I want the new thing. But I know the pull. I know the temptation to want to sit in what I just finally figured out. I want to sit in what I finally just feel like I learned. I want to just kick back and enjoy some summertime for a while. Summertime's fun. You get to go some swimming, you get to go outside, and you can travel some maybe, and that's all great. So there's some things that you and I have to do if you want to move into the fall and in what's ahead. And here they are, number one. You have to have no more reliance on last season's growth and fruit. Mm. It's tough. In just reading more about this this week, I was just struck by some things that, well, let me get a good color here. That on the trees outside, something is happening right now. And God has written it into their code. They know what to do because he is the creator and they're just doing what creation does. And here's what's happening. The leaves are about to release. And they're going to fall. And when they do, it's because there's something God had pre-written into their very existence. The leaves on the trees are not just checking out the forecast and saying, well, looks like it's time to go. Botanists understand that right now, something interesting is happening at this point right here, at the joint of the tree and the leaf. For the last two seasons, the leaf has been very helpful to the tree. Through a process of photosynthesis, the leaf has been receiving light as a green leaf because green is what God has designed to be the most helpful to attract the sun and transform it into food and energy for that tree. That's what's happening. That's God's design. It didn't just evolve that way. This is God's design. That the leaves would provide open hand filters for receiving all of the life that God has into the tree. Photosynthesis. But now is the fall. And at the time of the fall, there is something that happens right here where a, a very specific cell 
is released. A hormone abscission cell is released. At this time, into that joint right here, abscission, which is also the word for, that we get our word scissor. Because this tree knows that once that cell is released right here, this leaf drops. He's done. He served his purpose. He had his time. He fulfilled a great thing for that tree. He provided a source of life, provided protection, kept it from the heat, and gave it great shade. And we benefited as well. But now the fall has come, and it is time to let go of the leaf. In all of our lives, there are things that God is doing. He is teaching you, and you have been resting in. And it's been good. He's led you forward. He's taught you things. And there come seasons where, as good as that is, now it's time to drop some things that you've held on to so that you can learn the new things that are coming in the next season. You can't keep relying on last season's growth for the future of who you are in Christ. But you've got to be willing to drop some leaves. You've got to be willing to change some things or you'll never get to the next season's growth. The second thing means no more resistance to entering a new season of truth. Nobody in this room says, I know all there is to know about God. No. Nobody in this room says, I know everything there is to know about what Jesus has done for me. Nope. I know everything there is to know about who I am in Christ. Nope. I know everything I need to do to follow Christ. Nope. We are in a continual dependent mode on Jesus, teach me, keep teaching me, keep leading me, keep guiding me. There's more to learn. There's more to know. There's more change that needs to happen. Amen? We're not just seeing how many Bible verses we can memorize or how much truth we can know. We're seeing how much we can apply and put into our life and be changed. That's why whether you are 18 and following Christ or if you are 88 and following Christ, there ought to be continual change happening in your life. Your thoughts, your actions, your attitudes, your words, your perspective ought to continually be changing. And so you can't have within you some form of resistance that says, not doing it. I'm not doing that, God. I refuse. I will not know. I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. If you do that, you are choosing to hold on to last season's growth and not move into what's ahead for you. The third one, no more refusal to humble yourself and change. It's tough because the flesh, that old part of you, I'm gonna say it one more time, that old part of you, that old part of you, the flesh is not who you are today. I don't care how loud it screams at you. That is not who you are. That is who you were. And it wants you to go back to your old patterns. The new you is redeemed and saved and loved and made new in Jesus Christ, amen? The old you doesn't want to be conformed. The old you doesn't want to change. The old you wants to just hold on to the old leaves that you have from the past and just keep going on. But there's a new you inside you that you know wants to change. And so you can't have any refusal inside yourself that says, I will not humble myself. That means you can't get to a place where you say, I'm not going to let anybody know what's going on in my life. I refuse. I refuse. 
I refuse to do what God asked me to do. I refuse to humble myself. You can't have that inside or you can't move forward. You've got to move forward into all that God has for you. There's so much more ahead. Say, well, how do I know if I'm at that spot? How do I know if I'm at the place where maybe I'm holding on to last season's growth? Maybe I am stuck in my ways. Maybe I am refusing the new turning that God's wanting to bring into my life. I want to show you a list. Feel free to use your phone and take a picture. You can write notes if you'd like. Here we go. Here's how to know if it's time to break. Number one, you have a growing sense of unease inside. When you think about your walk with God and closeness with Christ, there's just a sense of something's not right. Something, something's uneasy. Something's tense. That happens to me. It happened this week to me. And I don't like it when it happens. I don't like the way it feels. But it's God's indicator of saying, I got something new I want to do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce it to you. And you're going to feel uncomfortable for a time. I'm sure this moment right here, if a leaf could talk, or if a tree could talk, either one of them, you'd think, this is uncomfortable. I've known this leaf for two seasons now. I remember when he was just a sprout. He was so cute. He was just so tender. I remember him reaching up toward the sun. I watched him grow. He was so beautiful. And he gave me so much shade. Oh, I just remember his tiny little points. All that stuff, that's beautiful, that's great. But when the next season's coming, there's some things you just gotta say bye to. Some things you gotta lay down. Even some good things. So there might be within you a growing sense of unease. If you have a lack of closeness with Jesus today, it might be an indicator that something needs to break. If you have this gnawing sense of, man, I, I can't even remember the last time I felt close to Jesus. I knew I was close to Jesus. Or know that I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I don't know that experience. It could be that something has to break. If you have a lack of growth in your faith, if you can't even track the last time that you heard something fresh from the Lord, that you walked in a new way in your life, it might be that something has to break. If you have a lack of change in your life, if you say, man, I don't know when the last time was that I actually made an intentional life change because of my faith, where I said, I'm going to talk different. I'm going to relate different. I'm going to be different. I'm going to let go of some habits. I'm going to choose some new habits. I'm going to focus my life. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to spend time in his word. If you don't have something where you can track that change, you intentionally made some changes, then it might be that something needs to break. 
If you have a lack of power over temptation. Now, we all face temptation and we're gonna have cycles and seasons and times of I feel like I'm conquering and I feel like sometimes I'm losing. Welcome to the Christian life. But if you're walking in far more defeat than victory, if you're not on track to becoming more than a conqueror, which is our destiny, then it might be that something has to break. That you've been, you've said no to something God has called you to do, which leads us to our last two here. You're refusing to reconcile either with God or someone that he has specifically told you to reconcile with. And you have said, no, I will not. I will not humble myself. I will not forgive them. I will not ask for forgiveness. That would be an indicator that something has to break. Or if you find you're just wandering aimlessly through life, that there's no sense of God's calling, God's direction, God's purpose, and you're just, you're just bouncing. You're all over the place. You're just trying to make it on your own, do your own thing, catch a little church. It might be an indicator that something has to break. This is where freedom comes from, is when we're willing to make the cut and the break. Now, one verse we will look at on screen today, our last one. Hebrews tells us that the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. In other words, today, right now, the Spirit is alive, the Spirit is here, the Spirit is in you if you're a follower of Christ. And he's alive and he's speaking I don't have to know you to know that. I know him and I know he's doing that. He's always speaking. And today, while he speaks, he's calling you to hear, to listen, to take in what he is saying. Whatever it is, if it's his call to draw you closer, if it's his call to, for you to make a break with something, to leave behind what you've relied on in the last season and walk into the new season, if it's an area where you need to go reconcile or make things right or obey him, whatever it is, he says, if, if the Holy Spirit is speaking, which he is, then when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't resist. Don't put walls up. Don't refuse. Don't ignore. Don't deny don't say, I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. I'm not going to reconcile. I'm not going to admit I need to change. I'm not going to let anyone see me in need. I'm not going to give my life to Christ. I'm not going to be baptized. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to change my ways. I'm not going to let go of my habit. I'm not going to break. I am not going to change my life. I don't want it to be disrupted. I don't want to be discomforted. I'm not going to change. 
This is what scripture is saying. Don't let that happen. Don't miss what's waiting in the next season because you don't want to move on from this one. There's so much more to learn. There's so much more to see. There's so much more to experience. There's so much more freedom that awaits. So when I left this morning, I thought, I'll just pick up a leaf. You see, in our, in our yard, the trees have already started letting go. This was on the ground. It's beautiful. And what's interesting about the leaves is this color was already in them. They didn't change from green to yellow. The yellow was already in them. But right here, when that hormone cell was activated, the chlorophyll began to leave the leaves and the leaf began to say, my time here is done. My role is complete. And now it's time to move on so that a new generation of leaves and a new season of growth can happen. So the question today for all of us is what is the new thing that God is wanting to do in you? You say, I don't know what the new thing is. Fair enough. But are you willing to drop the leaves and the reliance on last season to be able to get the new? Are you willing to make some changes so you can be free? Are you willing to go into the next season to understand what it means to be free? This is our call. This is what the Holy Spirit's inviting us to. And our prayer this morning ought to be, God, I am willing to do whatever you ask. I'm willing to leave behind my old reliances. I will stop resisting. I will stop refusing. And put myself in a place to say, God, I will do what you call me to do. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I know you're speaking this morning. I know your heart for us is good. And you want to conform us and transform us. I pray we would be a people this morning who are willing to do what you want. Not refusing, not resisting, but ready to give up, yield, break, surrender, humble ourselves so that your glory can be seen. I know you're speaking. I know you're moving. I pray our heart would be ready to respond. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.